Blog Talk Radio. The Four Persons Inc. is a federally registered and licensed 501c3 charity. Any use of any of our content without our permission is prohibited by law. Our purpose is evangelization, education, and social action. Please go to our website at thefourpersons.com or our blog site at thefourpersons.net to make your tax-deductible donation by credit or debit card. You can also send a check to The Four Persons, Inc., P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. To contact us, Send us an email at email at thefourpersons.com. Listening to the Four Persons Show on Blog Talk Radio. We are your enthusiastic and faithful Catholic apostolate. For more information about what we do, go to our show page at thefourpersons.com and our blog site at thefourpersons.net. To call in tonight with your comment or question, dial 515-602-9655. The number, again, is 515-602-9655.
Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Thursday night, taking it to the streets with Terry Delp. Terry, how you doing tonight? Oh, pretty good, brother. And yourself? Not tired, but hanging on. Um, last show we did, we uh, we played a video of someone who called herself Lone Wolf Vet. Still don't know who she is. Still don't know anything about her. But we played this video because she has some very strong and very accurate things to say about the world that we live in right now. Um, and we have uh, seven zero four eight on. Is that Mrs. Mrs. Delp? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe oh. it is. Okay. Well, I want to say very uh, say hi to her, and if you like me to bring her on I, I can do that but uh just want to say hi hope she's doing well and uh hope she's looking forward to the holidays hope she has a wonderful christmas yes sir so, yeah anyway t- tonight we kind of wanted to dovetail off of that last show and 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 talk about what true love looks like well I- i'm just going to start off by saying one thing, and that will, and and, uh, and then I'll kick it over to Terry. But uh, the one thing that I'll say is it, it looks nothing like the world portrays it. Not even close. Terry, you agree with that? One hundred percent. I can remember, you know, when I was coming up, um, and 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 I would hear those who were um, mentoring me uh, talk about uh, tough love. And, and and at the time I was like, well, that this doesn't seem like love at all, because you know, love is gonna is gonna put you on the, on the road for success, um, and that's not always pretty, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe. Oh, go ahead. Authentic love isn't usually going to get a very good reaction. Uh, usually the person you show authentic love to, uh, you're going to get anger in response because, you know, oftentimes people don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear what they need to hear, uh, but a person who authentically loves a person is going to tell them what they need to hear rather than what they want to hear. Right, right. Um, the catechism of the Catholic Church uh, in 1766 uh, says to love is to wield the good of another and that's kind of what I wanted to touch on in this show I wanted to start off with First um, uh, Corinthians chapter 6 if you don't mind John mm-hmm. uh, and, and this um, you know and this this is not a uh, uh, limited set of categories of what to send you to hell, but it's a few, you know. If you love somebody and they are committing these offenses towards God, then um, you, you, you're you not right if if you're not telling them uh, like Jesus did to, to go and sin no more. Um, he says, Paul says, or oh, do you not know that the unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God, do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, 
nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexual, homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Um, and like I said, that's not an exhaustive list, but in this day and age, if we just want to go off of scripture, we can definitely use this list when we're trying to uh, uh, help those that we love uh, to live a a, uh, a more holy life, right? And um, mm-hmm. and I, if you remember the story where um, the the woman was caught in a in adultery, and um, you know they asked, you know they tried to catch Jesus up. And uh, they asked Jesus what should be done. You know, the law says that she should be stoned. And Jesus, uh, I believe he begins writing in the sand, right? And Mm -hmm. and then he looks up and he says, okay, whoever among you has no sin, let them cast the first stone. And people get it twisted. And when they quote this story, that's all that they quote. Uh, that he, he, he said, you know, basically, you know, none of you can judge her, which is true. But then he, he looks around and uh, he asked the woman if anyone has condemned her, and, and she answers no. And then Jesus says, neither do I condemn thee. He is the only one that has that that authority, right? And then he says, go and sin no more. Um, right. When he, healed, when he healed the man at the, the by the pool of uh, Bethsaida in John, I believe it's 514, um, the, the guy uh, comes to him and, and you, know, I, you know, he's obviously healed. And, and Jesus says uh, to tell him also, Go and, and and sin no more, um, and and this is kind of kind of what I wanted the the show to be um, about. You know, is 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 what is love, and and do you can you really love somebody if you're <clears throat> saying okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna love you no matter what. And uh, you you can just keep sinning. You can keep uh, doing whatever it is that you're doing, and it doesn't matter. You're 100% accepted. Uh, there's no judgment within Christianity. There's no judgment within the Catholic Church. Uh, we're just everybody's welcome. You could be a, a practicing uh, a homosexual, or you could be a you know a, a baby murderer, or or whatever you know. And mm-hmm. we're just going to accept you as you are. You come on in and keep doing what you're doing. Don't worry about it. If if God wants you to change, he'll give you the strength to change. Right. So since tonight's show is about love and what true love looks like, I, I think it's very, very important that we draw a clear line of distinction, Terry, because a lot of people get confused in this. A lot of people think that love and tolerance are the same thing. They're not. Right. Right. They're not. You can be tolerant 
of people, but you can never be tolerant of sin. You can't be tolerant of what's not tolerable. Okay? Being tolerant right. of people means recognizing that people are weak, recognizing that they're struggling, putting up with those little imperfections and idiosyncrasies that all struggling sinners have. That's being tolerant of a person. You can't be tolerant of a sin. So when a person tells you, well, I'm gay because that's the way God made me, it is not only not required of you to uh, consent to that opinion, you're not allowed to consent to that opinion. You're not allowed to agree with that. You have to take a stand against that. No, God did not make you that way. Right, chosen. You've chosen that sin through your own deliberate knowledge and willful consent. And if you don't repent of it, it's going to take you to hell. Now, that's not judging the person. That's judging the action and telling them the consequences of it. In addition to this false idea of tolerance, there's a number of ways in which we participate in other people's sins. And by participating in other people's sins, we are not willing what is best for them, and we are not loving them. Now, we may think we're loving them because we're, oh, I'm just supporting him. I'm being there for him. Helping a person sin is not loving them. Helping a person destroy themselves is not loving them. So I wanted to go over a few of the ways that we participate in other people's sin. And let's talk about them. Is that okay? Yes, sir. So the first is by counsel. That's the first way that you participate in other people's sin, by giving them bad advice. Giving them bad advice. Well, you should go in and you should tell that so-and-so exactly what you think of him. Bad advice. You should go and... uh, Take something, throw it right in your boss's face and tell him he's a piece of garbage, blah, 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 blah. When you give people bad advice, advice that causes them to do sinful things, you're participating in the sin that they eventually commit, right? Right, right, right. How about even worse than that? By command. By command. Well, if you don't, uh, you know, if if you forgive this person, then I can't have you in my life. Or if you don't uh, cut this person out of your life, I can't have you in my life. Or I need you to go over and and break something that belongs to this person. And if you're really my friend, you'll do it. Right, right, okay? right. Blackmail, blackmailing and commanding somebody into committing a sin. Is that loving them, Terry? No, absolutely not. Again, the catechism says to, to, to love someone is to will their good. Mm-hmm. All right, the third way. By consent. Now, this is a, this is a real, this is a real, uh, Slick one here, okay? I'm going to do such and such. 
Well, you know, it's not my place to judge you. You know, I, I think you, you you have to do you. You have to do if that's what makes you feel feel better. If if that's what you feel like you need to do, I'll support you. Right, right, yeah. Okay, let me give you a, give you a perfect example. Okay, an alcoholic. Well, I think I'm going to go out and get drunk. Well, okay. That if you feel like you need to do that, then okay. That's consent. All right. Here's another one, and I know from your past, I know you know about this one. By provocation. By provocation. Yeah. Provoking someone to anger. Now, when a person flies off in anger, it's their responsibility. It's their fault. But you participate in that sin by provoking the person, by poking the bear, as the expression goes. Right? All right. Here's another one. That's just the, here's another one that's just the opposite. Okay? Praise or flattery. You know, you know what? You have a right to steal that thing because, you know what? You're entitled to that anyway. And you're so much better than that person. And, you know, the fact that it was given to that person wasn't right because you deserved it so much more than they did. Flattery. Another way we participate in another person's sin. Okay? Mm-hmm. You, ready for number, you ready for number six? Yeah. By concealment. Oh, don't worry. I won't tell anyone. Now, <laughs> this one. That's a rough one. This one can be a rough one when what the person is doing is really serious. Is really serious. Well, it, and it's and it's, when I say when you come from the background that I came from, it's ingrained from from early childhood. You know, don't be a tattletale. Don't snitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's like. You know, don't be telling other people's business, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that type of stuff. And so when you come from my type of background, that's that's a hard one there, yeah. But in your type of background, I would say that the culpability is at least diminished because it was a survival mechanism. You were surviving. I'm not saying that doesn't make it not, uh, not a sin, but the culpability is diminished. All right, but let me ask you this: How much damage did concealment do at Church Militant with Michael Voris? Right, 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 right. Yeah, did a lot of damage, right? Right. There were right. people. There were people that knew what was going on. They had a responsibility to come out and blow the whistle. There were a lot of people that were hurt by that situation, and 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 I'm not judging Michael Voris. I think everybody should pray for him. It's a tragic situation, but let me ask you this, Terry. Yeah, and, 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 and give me and, and the Bible. The Bible gives uh, steps on how to deal with that, and uh, mm-hmm. within the church. And that is, you at first you go to your brother, and you explain to him his sin, and try to convince him to stop it. If that doesn't work, then you bring two or three other brothers, and you go and, and do the same thing. Now, if that that don't work, then 
you you bring it to the uh, what the Bible calls the the, uh, the, church, the church elders, mm-hmm. which I'm not really sure. I guess, but anyway, you, there's a, there's a there's a there's a gradual uh, step that goes on. I mean, that's what um, mm-hmm. uh, in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, where it says, I, "As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another." Just necessarily got to go and put somebody's business on blast if we can talk to them one on one and 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 get them to see the light and turn from their sins. Right. All right, you ready for number seven? Yes, sir. By partaking. I didn't rob the bank. Yeah, but you drove the getaway car. (laughs) You were an accessory. You're partaking in the sin. You're taking part in it. That's another way we participate in another man's sin. And again, what we're talking about here, folks, is, is this love? Is this supporting my brother? You're helping him destroy himself. And you're destroying yourself in the process. This is not love. It's not love towards your neighbor. It's not love towards yourself. It's certainly not love towards God. Number eight, a silence. You say nothing. You say nothing. You saw the crime in broad daylight. You say nothing. I remember a few years ago that there was uh, a girl murdered. And I believe it was in it was in a highly populated city, Terry. It may have even been New York City. And the murderer chased her for block after block after block. Okay. Uh, and her screams, they estimate that her screams were heard by hundreds, if not thousands of people. And nobody helped her. Yeah, and 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 John, um, I mean that might be a whole nother category because, and and I know people are always attacking masculinity and this and that and da da da, mm-hmm. but it's 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 kind of it's written in the DNA of every man you know on earth. Uh, you can fight against it all you want. It's, it's written in the DNA of all men throughout history, even before Christianity, is to um, is is to defend the defenseless, and yeah. I mean, especially like a child or something. When you when you see um, harm coming to a, a, a defenseless person, um, it kind of fits into that category. Also, when when you just for whatever reason, whether it be cowardice or whatever justification you you have of not getting involved, I mean that that's uh that's that's sinful also, you know. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. And number nine, by defense of the sinful action, oh he had it coming, she had it coming. What? What what did she expect going out in public dressed like that, walking through Central Park dressed like that? What did she expect? Right, 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 right. She had it yeah. coming. Is that showing love to our neighbor? Folks, love has a cost. Like Terry just said there, love has a cost. Love forces you out of your comfort zone. 
right? We all want to be left alone. We all want to lay back and uh, sit back in the easy chair and, 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 and watch TV. Sorry, sometimes, folks, you got to spring to action. Sometimes there's a cost. Sometimes love hurts. Sometimes by loving someone, you cause them to hate you or revile you because you draw them away from people and situations that are harming them. Because you refuse to accept their lifestyle that is harming them. Say, I, I, I love you. I'll always love you. I can't support what you're doing. Don't ask for my support. Don't ask me to come to your gay wedding. Can't do it. Don't ask right, me right. to help you abort your baby. Can't do it. All right? Don't ask me to go to the liquor store and buy you that bottle of old granddad so you can destroy yourself. I will sit here with you. I will hold your hand. I will let you cry on my shoulder. I will stay up with you all night listening to everything that you have to say. But I will not go to the ABC store and buy that bottle of liquor for you. I will not participate in your destruction of yourself. I want to put a spotlight right there, if you don't mind, John. Mm -hmm. I'd like to put a spotlight right there on what you just said. Because um, too many times Christians, uh, uh, you know, we we justify um, not saying nothing or not doing nothing by saying, well, you know, uh, so-and-so's addicted, right? Um, I had a good friend. And uh, he he uh, he was addicted to uh, uh, methamphetamines. He he went to rehab and he was getting better. And he you know he he was uh, a falling away Catholic. So he like I said he went to rehab and uh, my uh, my brother gave him a job. He was working for my brother, and then uh, we started getting reports. You know that the guy's coming into the office on something, right? So, you know, we, me and my brother, we, we, you know, we kind of cornered him, and uh, and and basically we told him, it's like, look, man, we've been trying to help you this whole time. We've been trying to help you, but now, now it's come to a point to where uh, you, you just, you, you're not accepting the help, and so you, you've got to make a choice, and and we kind of told him, um, like, um. Uh, I believe it's in the book of Genesis where God said, I set before you today life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. Well, we told him, look, you're going to have to choose. If you just got to have them drugs, then go have them drugs. Don't have, We don't have nothing else to do with you. And, uh, and because it comes to a point to where when you're a part of this, this – uh, this family, and you refuse, even if, I mean, you use the justification of addiction, you've got to make the choice to change. And if you refuse to make that choice, then you become like gangrene on a body mm-hmm. part, and you've mm-hmm. got to be cut off. That's mm-hmm. what Jesus meant when he said, if, if the hand offends you, cut it off. If the eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Uh, and sometimes... I mean, that's that's what love is, you know? 
Yeah. Sometimes love is allowing a person to feel the full consequences of their actions. And and it's painful. What I'm saying hurts. I'm not pretending that it doesn't. I'm not pretending that it's easy. But sometimes you have to let the person that you love feel the full consequences of their actions before they'll hit rock bottom and change. Okay? Right. And and you also have to know, sadly, that some of them are not going to change. And at that point, you have to do what the Bible says. Unfortunately, you have to shake the dust off your feet and move on. Because what you cannot do is allow that person who refuses to change, refuses to repent, you cannot let that person pull you down into the pit where they are. So does that mean you you write them off completely, give up on them completely? No. No. That's what you do. You deal with them in a different way. You try to reach them in a different way. You put it in God's hand. You say, God, I've done all I can. I can't reach this person. So I commend him to you. And every day you pray for that person. And I'm going through this personally with with people in, 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 in my life that are so bound up in bad things. They're bound up in, in vindictiveness. They're bound up in hate. They're bound up in unforgiveness. And eventually you get to the point where you realize you can't make peace with somebody who is hell-bent on war. All right? They can outrun me. They can outrun my words. They can tune me out. They can outrun the Holy Spirit. They cannot outrun the Holy Spirit. And you keep commending them up, up, up to prayer and trust in God that God will reach them. And you know who was one of the greatest examples of this? St. Monica. St. Monica. For years and oh, years yeah, and yeah, years. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For years yeah. and years and years, she prayed for her son, and he finally saw the light, and he became a doctor of the church. And uh, so I'll just say, St. Monica, pray for us. And, and, and the reason I wanted to I wanted to, to, to talk about this on this show is um, mainly because of kind of, like I said, tail spinning off of what we had on the other show, that in that video – she was talking specifically about the transgender movement, but also um, the, the 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 homosexual um, lifestyle that that is has been so um, accepted in in this this society, and people are are are, are hesitant uh, to. Uh, to call it out as sin. I mean, people are trying to reread the Bible in an, in an, in another light. Like I said in the book of Timothy, or I believe it's in Timothy, where it says um, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but mm-hmm. will after their own lust heat to themselves teachers having itchy ears. They, they're trying to, and, and that's why I started off reading that First Corinthians, is because. There's certain things that's laid out like black and white, like you don't need a theologian to sit down and explain it to you. You know, I mean, uh, these 
These laws are written upon the hearts of all humanity um, from the time of birth. And, and depending, nobody, nobody is born homosexual. Nobody is born uh, wanting to be another gender. Mm-hmm. This comes from outward influences and, 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 and demonic forces that get inside the head of somebody and twist up their, their, their thinking. And, mm-hmm. and we as, as, as Christians, as Catholics, I mean, we, it's, it's not love to, you know, like, uh, what's the, the saying that everybody says, oh, you can't judge another person. Yes, I can. I'm not judging. Scripture has painted this picture. All I'm doing is showing it to you, you know? Right. So when when we say we can't judge, okay, let me give an example of where where people go wrong in this idea of saying that we can't judge. All right. In the Catholic Church, three things have to be present for sin to be mortal. In other words, for for if a person dies in that state, they're going to hell, period. That's all there is to it, right? Three things right. have to be present for a sin to be mortal. It has to be grave matter. You didn't just steal, okay? You didn't steal a stick of gum, all right? You stole $1,000 from uh, uh, an old lady on a fixed income. You broke into someone's car and stole, you know, something of of, of value, or you stole the car itself, okay? Right. Let's go just a little bit more into it. So thou shalt not steal in one of the Ten Commandments. So Mm -hmm. stealing, like you said, (coughs) excuse me, stealing, is 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 grave matter places in the Bible where it says uh, you know not to uh, punish a man who uh, steals to to uh, um, you know right. to, to you know like if he's walking through a cornfield and he steals a, a stick of corn because he's hungry that lessens the culpability it's still or, stealing or, or it's, even it's more or even more someone who steals a loaf of bread because his family is starving. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So we're exactly. talking about something that that lessens the the gravity of the sin uh, significantly. Okay. Right, right. In order for a sin to be grave matter, it includes malice. It's 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 a it's 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 an evil sin. Now, the second thing that must be present for sin to be mortal, all right, is full knowledge person is fully aware of what they're doing. Now, what would be an example that could that could diminish full knowledge? Person is drunk. Now, get drunk, and if he got drunk deliberately, that itself can be a mortal sin. But if a person inadvertently uh inadvertently without planning to had a little too much to drink, flew off the handle, said some colorful things they shouldn't have said, I'm not saying that the sin is right, but their cult, their full knowledge of what they're doing is diminished. Or if the person is suffering from a severe mental illness. I'm not talking about these cop-out mental illnesses that people use 
to try to make, excuse their sin. I'm talking about a person who's a legitimate schizophrenic or something like that. All right? So that's the second thing that must be present, full knowledge. All right? The third thing that must be present for sin to be mortal is deliberate consent. All right? Deliberate consent. You didn't do something because somebody was holding a gun to your head. You didn't do something as a as a fly-off-the-handle reaction without even thinking about it. You thought about it. You knew what you were doing. You knew it was wrong, and you decided to do it anyway. Now, if well, you have grave matter... Called, uh, in law, that's called mens rea. Um, you know, the, 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 the intention or the knowledge of... of what you're doing is is wrong. Right? Premeditation, yeah, pre like premeditated murder. It's premeditation. Right. So if you have grave matter, full knowledge, deliberate consent, it's a mortal sin. Now there was a time, there was a time when our church considered suicide to automatically be a mortal <laughs> sin, and it is kind of looked at that. It's kind of looked at the world that we live in and the stresses that people live under and have realized that sometimes it's possible that a person just got to the breaking point where they just couldn't take anymore. Was their sin grave matter? Yes. Was it done with full knowledge? Maybe, maybe not. Was it done with deliberate consent? Maybe, maybe not. So we can judge... for for those listening, we are not justifying suicide. No. Nine times for the most part, what what John's saying is we can't look inside the person's mind. So that person and God are gonna come to a conclusion on that. Um we are definitely not justifying suicide. No, it's a grave it's a grave, grave sin. And yeah. you are very seriously flirting with hellfire if you do that, okay? Because right. at the at the minimum, you're going to purgatory for a very long time, at a minimum. All right, and you can't you can't fool God, you can't trick God. If you think that you're going to commit suicide, and then oh well, oh well, God, I was mentally ill. I didn't know what I was doing. God knows your heart. You're not going to trick God, all right? Right. But let me give give you an example. Go go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say. Let me give you an example. Go Go ahead. Go ahead, Terry. I was going to say about the tricking God thing, because a lot of times we 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 use justifications to quote unquote trick ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. But you're that's. You didn't trick yourself either. Like, you know grave matter when it's put before you. You know it. It's already written on your heart. And if, you, um, if you're if you just refusing to listen to the Holy Spirit, um, I, I, this is my personal opinion. Correct me if I'm wrong. But that's what Jesus meant by, by blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is mm-hmm. the only sin that can be forgiven. A final impenitence, a final refusal to repent for your sin. Yes, that is is the unforgivable sin. Now, let me give an example where suicide was probably not a mortal sin. 
or probably not a mortal sin. Okay? On September 11th, there were people that jumped from the upper floors of the right, World Trade Center right, right. Yeah. to avoid to avoid the flames. They jumped to their death because the only alternative was being burned alive. That was probably not mortal sin. In fact, I can almost guarantee it was not mortal sin. Okay? Because that person was not doing something with deliberate consent. They were trying to escape the flames. That's a whole different kettle of fish. And uh, Right, right. And and it was a horrific thing to say. But the point is, we can't judge the person's heart. We can't judge the person's soul. But the other side wants to take that all the way and say, well, we can't judge the person's actions. Yeah. Okay? They, they say the person who committed suicide, the person died of suicide. The person died of an addiction. No, the person took their own life. Call it what it is. The person took their own life. Of their own uh, choice, the person took their own life. Now, was it full knowledge and deliberate consent? We have to leave that to the mercy of God. But we can't diminish the sin itself. And we can't pretend that it's not a grave sin, because it is. And that's, that's what you were talking about a few minutes ago. In no way, shape, manner, or form can suicide ever be considered as an option. It's not an option, folks. It's not an option. You do not have the option to destroy what God has created any more than you have the option to destroy another person's life, and that includes the unborn baby in the womb. You don't have the right to take that life. And and euthanasia also. Mm-hmm. Euthanasia is another thing. Now, let's talk about abortion. Horrific crime. Absolutely horrific crime. Okay? Is the mother always guilty of a mortal sin? I would say not. I would say not always. Sometimes she is. Sometimes a mother just doesn't understand the gravity of what she's doing. All right? Now, is the doctor uh, I would, I would, always... I would... I would argue that uh again going back to um the the you know God's law being written on the heart mm-hmm. of of all human beings and um when a woman's first faced with that choice for whatever reason maybe the 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 guy left or for whatever reason she's considering it uh, the reason okay. why there's a consideration a- in the beginning is because she knows it's wrong. The mother knows there's a baby there. True, true. But there may be there may be other circumstances like you know how her parents are going to react, or or the child was conceived in rape, or you know these these horrific situations. Now, let me ask you this: Do you believe that the doctor is not capable of of not being guilty of mortal sin? That's a harder sell for me because the doctor knows what's going on. The doctor can't right, plead ignorance not, the way the mother can. And many times it's the doctor who's the voice of Satan convincing the woman to have the abortion. Yeah. So that's that that's that sin of counsel that we were talking about. Uh-huh. So like 
like you said, the doctor is literally taking the voice of Satan, counseling the woman, uh, go ahead and eat the apple. You certainly will right. not die. Right. You certainly will not die. That's that's what the doctor is doing. So that's the difference between a mortal sin and an unmortal sin. But doesn't change the fact that every abortion is the murder of an innocent child. Period. Full stop. That's what it is. I'm not going right. to whitewash it. Not going to say it in a in a in a pleasant way to make you feel better. Every abortion stops a beating heart. Sorry, folks. Sorry for being so graphic. But that's love. Because if we didn't love you, we wouldn't tell you the truth. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, yeah. It's it's in in. I can almost say in almost every. <coughs> my goodness, I got a. <coughs> <laughs> Ever since that procedure, I've been having a little cough. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, almost every situation. Um, in fact, I can't think of of one uh, um, exception to this rule. But in almost every situation where there's um, a disorder in the relationship between a man and a woman, or there's a disorder in the uh the the action of 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 the man right um where the the man doesn't isn't being a man he isn't stepping up taking responsibility for his actions and 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 uh doing the the right thing in almost every circumstance it it is just a, a different way of portraying Genesis chapter 3, almost every time a man fails to step up and be a man, sin follows. And you're not talking about, Terry's not talking about a man being a bully. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about a man no. being a, in, in fact, in fact, Terry would be the same, would be the first person to say, that any man who bullies his wife, who bullies his kids, he's not a man. That's not a man. Right, 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 right. No, I'm talking about doing the 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 what's what's required of a man is. I mean, the the Bible the Bible isn't going to change for this society, right? Um, there's a reason why Paul wrote that um, that that. Man is the glory of God, and woman is the glory of man. It's because the man was was the man was created first, and the woman was created from his side, and so it is it's it's natural for a man to have authority, not uh, uh, as a slave master, but as 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 the the lord of the the household, and when a man doesn't step into that role. There's going to be disorder in the household um, and in society when a man doesn't step. What I mean by in society, because now you're not dealing with a with two people or a family. Now you're 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 talking about uh, the the manhood and masculinity in society when man doesn't stand up and say no. 
that's wrong. It's not happening on my watch. Then the society itself becomes disordered. Does, does that make sense? No, it, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. But it, it, here's what it boils down to. And, and I've heard that, I've, you know, I've heard this crowd. Well, I, I want to give you an example. I want to tell you a true story. Uh, it was actually my, uh, it was my uh, 37th birthday. Okay. Uh, and my wife was working at a hospital. It was my 37th birthday. And I had noticed that she had, she, so she would work every other weekend. So uh, I noticed that she had my birthday off. And we decided to spend, you know, the day together. We went to the beach, went to, you know, a lair park. And uh, that night, having birthday cake with my kids and asked them what they learned in school that day. And my oldest daughter asked me if there ever was a time for a country to go to war. And I said, well, yeah, uh, there is a time in a country. And she said, no, violence is always wrong. You know, kids in my class said violence is always wrong. War is never the answer. We we can ne- never go to war ever. Violence is always wrong. And, and I said, Melissa, that's, that's ridiculous. You know, war is something that should be avoided at all costs, but there is a time when a country comes to war, has to go to war, and violence in, 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 in defense of the defenseless is not only uh, right, it's necessary. Right, obligatory, yeah. Yeah, she said, so what would be an example when, when a country has to go to war? I said, Melissa, if we're attacked, if we're attacked, we have a God-given right to defend ourselves. Well, Terry, I want you to know that that conversation happened on my birthday, on the evening of September 10th, 2001. Oh, wow. Honest to God. Wow. Honest to God. The next morning. The next morning. Wow. We were attacked. Yep. Wow. And to that, and to to this day, I I always, you know, time my birthday together with 9/11. That they're the the two are together now. They're you know they're they're inseparable now. Um, you know, but that's that's an example. We didn't have a choice. You know, um, when you see a child being harmed, you don't have a choice. You have to intervene. So you know now. How much violence is appropriate? Well, enough violence to to subdue the the to enough violence just to eliminate the threat. Now, if you can right. tackle the guy, take the guy to hold the guy down until the police get there, then that's enough violence. But if you have to kill the person to save the child, that's justifiable violence. Right, and to or not accidentally. If during the process of of defending the defenseless, you accidentally, like you don't intend to kill them, but you accidentally kill them, that goes back to the three stages of of mortal sin that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And so it falls short of the mortal sin of murder. And in that case, who has the culpability for the death of the person? The the person that was harming the defenseless that exactly. you were defending. Exactly. They brought death upon themselves. They brought death upon themselves because for you not to intervene 
uh, in the defense of that child, I will guarantee you this. If you did not intervene to defend that child, when you face God, you'll answer for it. Why did right. you not and, and, why and did this, you not defend is, my child? And and we're talking on, on the extreme level, but on, on the mi- more minute levels also, like if you know <laughs> that a child is being abused, and I when I say abused, I mean like really abused, not 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 discipline. I'm talking about abused. Mm-hmm. When you know a child is being abused, um I mean, it's not always uh, um, a physical uh, um, intervention that needs to happen. I mean, sometimes you need to call the police uh, um, or if, if, uh, you know, in in other situations, there there might be like, like we do, you know, I got my, my, my uh, Facebook group, abortion abolitionists. And what I'm trying to do is, is get people to, to realize and understand that abortion is murder. Now that don't mean I'm going to go, uh, and, uh, you know, kick in a, an abortion clinic and, and start, you know, uh, executing doctors or anything, because that would be that would be going too far across, you know, across the line. So what I try to do is, is make a, a public awareness. Uh, that hey, this is murder. Let's come together and let's help these women understand that this baby in their womb is their baby given to them by God, you know. And so there's other levels of of defending the defenseless. It don't it don't always have to be like we're talking about the extreme. Of course, if I'm walking to the store and in the alley I see a, a child uh, being molested, then there should be no thought. I'm, I'm going and I'm, I'm going to defend that child physically. But there's other situations where it's, it's not always a, a physical intervention that's that's required. But some inter, if you know a harm is being done, some type of as a man, some type of intervention has got to be done. Right. And that, and that's love. I mean, that's what that's what that's what love is. Um, and um, you know, sometimes love is sometimes love is more subtle. Sometimes love is 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 removing somebody from a from a um, like, like removing somebody from a family like like we talked about earlier where there's an alcoholic. Say, okay, you know. Well, I- <laughs> We're we're going to remove you from your family because you're harming them. We know at some level, we know we, you love your wife. We know you love your kids at some level. But if you truly love them, you're going to do what you got to do to get better. Okay, all right. All right. So you got it. You got an addiction. You got a problem. Uh, you feel powerless to overcome it. Okay. All right. So here's the way this works. You step forward. You step forward. You tell your employer, I need help. I got a problem. I need help. You tell your pastor, I got a problem. I need help. You tell your friends, I got a problem. I need help. But then, like you said, you've got to be willing to accept the help. And, you know, if right. you go to your employer, if you go to your employer and you say, hey, um, you know, here's the deal. I got a real uh, drinking problem. I, I, I need your help. Your employer can't fire you for that. 
They cannot fire you for coming to them and telling them that, that you have an alcohol problem. But here's what they'll do. This is what they're required to do, and this is what they will do. They'll say, okay, we're going to help you. We're going to put you in a mandatory treatment program. If you can't afford the treatment program, your employer will pay for it. But you're going to go to all the meetings. You're going to go to all the meetings. You're going to submit to the to the uh, the blood test so we know that you're keeping straight, okay? And as long as you do everything that you got to do to stay straight, we're going to help you. We're we're going to help you through this. We're going to get you the counselors you need. We're going to get you whatever help you need. But understand, if you do fall off the wagon, we're we're going to have to let you go. It's it's that simple. It's it's like you said. All right, we're putting it out in front of you. Choose life or death. What which you right, choose? Right, right, right. And 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 yep. I'm I'm always a little bit torn on because I know there are some circumstances where a person's um addiction is 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 has consumed them to a level to where uh you know the it's really hard for them to just stand up and say okay no more but then on the other hand I've seen people do it you know so um I'm I'm a little bit torn on that I think that if you decide to submit your your will to the will of God, you will do it, you know. Um, so I'm a little torn on that. I can understand the argument uh, that sometimes uh, addiction, not just chemical addictions, but other addictive behaviors are, are have, you know, consumed a person to a point they, to where they are horrible. They might they are. They're absolutely horrible, and that's exactly the point that I'm making, is that sometimes the addiction gets to the point where you cannot overcome it by yourself. You do have to have help, okay? But let me ask you something, Terry. If if you were shot by a gun and you, and you were bleeding out of your heart and your, and your, and your, you know, your side and blood running down the side of your face and all kinds of, all kinds of stuff – and the ambulance shows up, and you refuse to get in the ambulance, you refuse to let him take you to the hospital, and you die, whose fault is it that you died? Right, right, right. They're there to right. help you. And They're I, there and to rescue you. And I wanted to point out that there's other types of love um, that the Catholic Church, you know, describes, like the the, the philia type of love, like um, – and the, uh, the 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 love of desire, and um, but what we're talking about is is the highest form of love. The 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 where we as Catholics will the good of the other. Um, this yeah. this is the love that we're talking about. The love that that's like like John said is is. Uh, where we're basically we're gonna hold a mirror up in front of your face and be like, bro, you you know what you're doing is wrong, you know. Mhm. And let's end it on that note. We're out of time, so would you end us with a closing prayer? Sure, sure. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world. 
seeking the run of souls. Amen. Man, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. And everybody go Amen. out there and tell somebody about the Catholic Church. Tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Let's let's yep. let's uh, stop keeping this a secret. And tell everyone to get to Mass tomorrow. It's the Holy Day of Obligation. Hey, tomorrow? Oh, yeah, it is. Yes. I'm glad you said something. <laughs> the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. Yep. All right. God bless you, brother. All right. All right God bless you. Bye.